From the Financial Times in London, I'm John Paul Rathbone and this is FT News. Venezuela's opposition has scored a historic victory in this week's parliamentary elections. For the first time in 17 years, it will control the National Assembly. On Tuesday night, it was revealed that it won a supermajority as well, 112 seats. This is a result that could further the country's political divide or prompt drastic change. On the line from Caracas is our correspondent Andres Schiapani to discuss with me what might happen next. So, Andres, a major win for the opposition in Venezuela. Did the crisis win or did the opposition win or did the government lose? I'd say the crisis won and the government lost. I mean, this, even by members of the opposition, the the coalition, the Mesa de la Unidad Democrática, they made it very clear that now they had to lure in the old Chavista voters because essentially it was the crisis that won. I mean, the voters essentially just wanted to lash out of the government for not handling the economic crisis, essentially for years and years of policymaking topple that just fueled an almost unstoppable inflation that estimates vary between 150% to 600%. And mostly, I mean, the main concern for regular, ordinary Venezuelans are the ravaging shortages of goods for everything from milk to blood pressure medicines. So clearly a major win, a major rejection of what is going on at the moment. And now the opposition has a supermajority in Congress or the National Assembly because it's a unicameral chamber in Venezuela. What does, in theory, having two-thirds of the seats in Congress mean for the opposition and for the country now? There are a lot of things they can do. They can call a constituent assembly to change the constitution, they can appoint the prosecutor general, they can shake up the central bank, they can question Supreme Court justices, they can veto vice presidents, they can veto ministers. Of course, they're going to get rid of the current and very powerful president of the National Assembly. They can review, for example, the deals with China, which is Venezuela's main lender. And yesterday, for example, I had a long chat with Enrique Capriles, who is one of the main leaders of the opposition, and he told me some of the first measures they are going to try and implement is first reverse the subsidized oil contracts called Petrocaribe, which essentially deliver thousands of, of barrels of oil a day to Caribbean countries, essentially in exchange for political support and sometimes kind like chickens or black beans and so on. They're also going to question all the economic ministers and they say they're going to do an exhaustive review of the budget. So potentially there's a lot of power here that the uh, opposition-controlled National Assembly could wield. But it's also true that the National Assembly has never had any real power over the past 16 years of Chavismo. Is there any real reason to think it will have real power in the future, especially as the executive is very strong in Venezuela and the Socialist Party controls all the other organs of state? What can President Maduro do to stymie the National Assembly if that is what he decides to do? It will be tricky. It will be very tricky. I mean, in the past 17 years or so, the National Assembly didn't have much power, essentially, because it was abiding to whatever the president said, because it was in the hands of the ruling Socialist Party. There's one glitch, which is the main glitch, which is the Supreme Court, 
the president of the National Assembly, the exiting president of the National Assembly last night, announced they were going to appoint 12 new judges of the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court, particularly its constitutional branch, has a lot of power and it could essentially reverse most of the things that the opposition would try to do from the newly acquired power in the National Assembly. One of the scenarios could be that before leaving the seats in early January, the current Assembly could pass an enabling law for the President to be able to essentially bypass the Assembly next year. However, then the new Assembly can try to reverse that, but then the government can send that decision to the Supreme Court. And if the Supreme Court remains in the hands of the government, then there will be a stalemate and we are going to face a huge political and institutional crisis, which will lead to further economic and social deterioration. So there's lots of talk about how the executive could block the opposition from the National Assembly, and there are various ways it could do that. Is there any sign that the government recognises the unsustainability of the situation in Venezuela, and A, is prepared to do something about it, and or B, uh, negotiate with the opposition? It doesn't look like. I mean, so far, the government, particularly President Nicolás Maduro, seems to be struggling to handle the worst defeat of his party since his mentor and predecessor, Hugo Chávez, launched it in, in late 1998. Last night, for example, he blasted on national television that the bad guys were the ones who won, and, and he sort of like threatened that he may have to stop building free housing because people didn't know what to support him and also rebuked the voters who punished essentially who punished him for his handling of the economy. And then he started saying that the opposition is going to reverse everything we accomplished so far. You're not going to have any more free housing, free cars, even free tablets. So they say, OK, we are going to continue fighting for this revolution and so on. I mean, one of the foremost things the opposition would like to do is to pass an amnesty law to release political prisoners. But he said, no way, that was not going to happen while he's still president. He called the political prisoners murderers. Although he announced a cabinet reshuffle, but in the past, I mean, cabinet reshuffles has been mainly cosmetic because it had been mainly the same figures just shuffled around. So far then, the only indication that the government recognises the scale of the defeat is A, President Maduro admitted that they'd lost credit to him, and B, there's a cabinet reshuffle. But so far, there's no language that the government recognizes the scale of the loss. Because one would have thought that even Chavistas and those that voted for the opposition, and there were many, would want reassurance that President Maduro actually is going to address the concerns of everyday Venezuelans. But there doesn't seem to be any sense of that. Is that the case? Yes, it doesn't seem like he's going to reverse the course What we need to keep an eye on is what is going to happen within the many factions within the Socialist Party and how those factions are going to push for changes or not because even many people within the Socialist Party realise this is completely unsustainable. What are Mr Maduro's chances of remaining head of the party? I mean, is there any chance that he could be pushed out from within? That's a possibility. I mean, one of the possibilities is that the opposition from the newly acquired power is going to try and push for either a recall referendum on his mandate or they could amend the constitution to shorten his presidential term. Those are two of the options, but then, of course, we cannot 
completely discard the option of a push from within the Socialist Party where Mr. Maduro will be removed from his presidential seat and someone else taken over. However, many believe that Maduro, to many within the party, is useful that he's taken all the punches. It's a rather bleak scenario. Maduro is a punch bag for the politics and meanwhile Venezuelans suffering as punch bags for the economy. Thank you very much, Andres. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.